So I thought I'd start out by uh, telling you a quick little story with me sitting up, standing up here and, and my son sitting down here. I was thinking about that, uh, oh, it was probably a year ago, maybe even a little more. Uh, we're driving in the car, and they're sitting in the back of the car. And uh, we were talking about, what do you want to be someday? And uh, Benjamin wanted to be a builder. I want to be a builder. And uh, Samuel said, oh, well, you know, you have to work really hard to build. And he said, yeah, I know. And uh, so then Samuel said, I want to be a pastor. And Benjamin looked at him, and he said, you have to be able to talk for a really long time to do that. <laughs> so Samuel's changed his mind, and he wants to be a donut maker now. <laughs> so there's my little story. Um, uh, tonight I'm going to be speaking about empathy, and uh, uh, specifically Romans 12:15. Uh, Romans, uh, Paul probably wrote a whole lot of letters in his life. Uh, Fourteen of those letters are in the Bible, and Romans is his first. Uh, it's also the longest, uh, some say the most complete explanation of the word, uh, uh, of, of the gospel itself. Um, like a lot of his letters, uh, Romans, the first half of it is doctrinal messages, And the second half, roughly, uh, uh, is practical examples of use of that doctrine. Because, of course, without doctrine, there is no practice. Uh, And without the practice, the doctrine is pretty hollow. So uh, let's go ahead and read Romans 12.15, if you'll stand with me. We're going to start back at uh, Romans 12.10, and we're going to go down to 18. And you're going to forgive me because I'm not the best reader out louder. Um, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be the same mind one towards another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Thank you. You may be seated. So going all the way right up till uh, 12, it's doctrinal issues. And starting right with 12, we're going, I mean, every single line I read to you were uh, uh, practical uh, examples of that. And the the piece that I chose specifically really talks a lot about uh, empathy, about how to treat other people, about how to treat other believers. Um, This is specifically, he's talking about how to treat each other within a church, but I'm going to bring in examples later that, that clearly show that we're talking about the general world, saved and not saved. Um, so, that being said, Romans 12, 15, as, as we just read, says, Rejoice with them that do, with, that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. So, 
The word empathy isn't actually in the Bible, but I think that it's a constant thread throughout the Old and the New Testament. Um, To empathize is not just to think about how you would feel in someone else's situation or what you might do or how you might... It's more about how you would be if you actually were them, this other person that you're thinking about. If you had their background, their history, their state of mind at that particular moment, it's actually kind of becoming them. That's what empathy is. Sympathy is, gee, I feel sorry for that person. I wish that didn't happen to them. But that's not what empathy is. Empathy is actually feeling what they would feel. Uh, And uh, frankly, the reason why I bring this up and the reason why I'm preaching is that Throughout my life, I've been pretty terrible at it. Uh, I, I, I really, this is a place that I had a lot of room to grow in. Uh, and uh, God has walked me down a path, teaching me some things on that in the last year. And that's why I think that he has this for me to tell you tonight. Um, so we talked about that. Empathy, the actual uh, origins of the word, it's Greek. It's from empathia. And the meaning is physical affection and partiality. So it's specifically talking about Walking in someone else's shoes. So, um, practical example here. Uh, the reason why um, uh, I'm talking about this is because I'm not there. Uh, probably there's very few people who are where they need to be with this. So I want to make sure that you understand that I'm not setting myself up as a great example about how it should be done here. Um, I've always been uh, very pragmatic uh, pragmatic, um, logical, uh, matter of fact, um, you know, well, you did this and now you're in a bad spot and you shouldn't have done that. And that was kind of stupid. So I don't really feel bad for you because you shouldn't have done that. You know, that's pragmatic. It's not empathetic. It's not very Christ-like. Um, but that's how most of us usually are. Uh, and that's for the most part, uh, where I have been for my whole life, really. Um, so, um, I think part of that is just natural, your flesh. And I think part of that also is um, a defense mechanism. Uh, if you allow yourself to feel other people's pain, well, that hurts. You don't want, uh, no, that's, that's not, you know, you don't want that. So, in order to protect yourself, you set up this wall of, um, and again, I think guys are better at this than women, so this is maybe women have less to learn from what I'm saying, and guys have more to learn from what I'm saying, but uh, you kind of set up this wall of logic that tells yourself, I don't have to feel bad for this person because of uh, whatever. Um, and uh, the problem with this theory of self-protection is that when you build that nice little wall to protect yourself from that, you also block out the good stuff. There's good stuff on the other side that you're blocking out, too, because you can't empathize when um, someone's going to have a baby or something wonderful that you have now blocked yourself out and you can't experience. Um, So uh, I was doing uh, some—no, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. So the walk that God's taken me down in this last year was kind of interesting. Um, I'm going along, going through my life. uh, As I said, fairly pragmatic person. And um, I had uh, two different experiences that were 
jarring to me and um, I don't think gave me empathy, but actually showed me what God was doing with me and showed what he had already done for me. Uh, The first experience was close to a year ago. um, uh, I have a client whose son was on his uh, second tour in Iraq. He's in the Army. And uh, I didn't know him. I, I didn't know him. And uh, uh, before he went on a second tour, um, his dad had contacted me and said that their, uh, their guys were going back over and they didn't have enough armor. And would you like to donate some money? And it was a lot of money. I didn't have the money. But me and my dad threw money in together and uh, helped buy a set of armor. And uh, so they went off. They got shot and killed. Uh, it, was a, it was a sniper, and um, it was upsetting to me, but it, it was way more upsetting than I ever would have guessed. I have no idea how I think I should have felt, but I was just shocked by how I felt. I was, I was sitting in my office by myself. I had no one to perform for. This was not, there was just me, and... I just sat there and just sobbed. Just the tears were just rolling down my face. And um, totally uncharacteristic. I mean, that's just, it was so clear to me at that moment that this wasn't from me. Because I don't have that in me. I didn't know this guy. I didn't, matter of fact, at that time I didn't know that he had a wife and that he had a baby that wasn't going to have a dad. I didn't know any of that. Um, but I thought I'd pulled myself together, and I called my dad to tell him, and then I completely fell apart on the phone while I'm trying to talk to my dad. And uh, so this was, I was really shocked by my reaction to this. Of course, I expected to be sad about this. This is a bad thing. But the reaction was just so much more than I had anticipated, and it was so obvious to me that it wasn't from me. It wasn't in me. This empathy that I had in this situation didn't come from me. Um, so I had that, and that was a profound thing for me anyway. Um, of course, I'm sure it was nothing compared to how his family felt. Um, but uh, I had that experience this last year. And then the other thing that happened, and this was really the clincher, uh, this was maybe three, four months ago. Uh, you, you're going to remember this. Uh, I was reading in the newspaper, ah, the Press Democrat, what a wonderful newspaper, and... Um, there's an article about a kid, and you know, part of what struck me about this and enabled me to empathize was that um, these were local. There was a kid in Petaluma, 16 years old, who was arrested because uh, he had tried to get someone to buy alcohol for him at a uh, liquor store slash bar. I didn't know there was such a thing. They could sell it in and out. The guy wouldn't buy it for him, so the 16-year-old kid took out a knife, knifed the guy. Then uh, he ran away. The guy who got stabbed, his buddy chased after the guy, caught up with him a couple blocks later, and the kid stabbed that guy to death. And I'm reading this. And I'm just thinking, how, how, how did they get to this point? And, and uh, i gotta, I got to read something else. There's the, what, what else is in here? So I turned the same day, two pages deeper. There is uh, 
a guy from Healdsburg who just got convicted for torturing a Windsor small-time pot dealer to death with a blunt instrument and a machete because the guy wouldn't give up the combination to a safe to get his pot. And this is local, and, it's, and it just happened. And my heart, instead of my normal reaction, would just be to be angry and to want to chuck these people in jail. And my heart was just breaking for them. I'm think, I mean, about everybody. The, the, the people who did the killing, the, just the total, complete... Uh, lack of moral ability that man has. The total depravity. I mean, is there a better example? I mean, it blew me away. And, and I'm reading this, and amazingly, I'm holding these people responsible for what they did, but at the same time, my heart is breaking for them at the same time. What has happened in their life to get them to here? And... And I would never have normally been able to feel anything towards these, I mean, as far as I was concerned, animals, you know. But there I was, and I was able to do it. And I felt, I felt bad for this kid. And I felt bad for these people. And so how did they get there? And, um, and that was a very profound experience to me. To, for weeks, I wandered around, and everybody I saw, I felt like, I could feel the burden that they were carrying in some way. And I started thinking about every single person I knew and how there wasn't a single person I could name where I couldn't quickly come up with some problem, thing that they have that is a burden for them. And uh, it got easier for me to deal with clients that are hard to deal with. <laughs> I knew there was some kind of a backstory that I didn't know about. They're acting totally irrational and bothering me, but I know that there's something else that I don't know about. And I never would have felt that way before. Before, I just would have been, they're not being nice to me, I don't like them. And uh, so these, these events were very profound in my life in the last year. And they, they, it's not that they gave me this empathy, but they showed me that God had already given it to me. And, uh, and then in my flesh, I knew that while this was fresh and it was painful, it, it hurt to walk around and see this, but I knew it was good and I knew it was making me grow. And I actually was worried that I would lose it because it's your flesh and time passes and, 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 and life goes on. And you know what? It happened. It has. I'm not there where I was before. I, 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 I backslid. I don't know what you want to call it, but... I'm not as much there as I was. And uh, so I started thinking about empathy. Empathy is a thread that is throughout the Bible. And yes, I will be tying it back to the Bible. This isn't just talk about Brian Day. Um, But uh, I did some research here about empathy. And I came up with this professor in Yale. His name's Douglas uh, Olson. I have no idea what he thinks about anything else. But this particular thing I thought was very interesting. Because... When I tried to describe my experience that I just described to you, to my family or to some friends, I would tell them, this was before I read any of this, I would say, I feel like in some way I 
matured spiritually until I was like five. And then I got stuck until I was 37. And stayed there at that, you know, mostly me stage. You know, because that's what this is. This pragmatism, that's a mostly me stage. And I felt like somehow I got unstuck. Uh, God unstuck me in this last year. And um, that was how I described it. And I don't know if it, if, if it really works for you, this description. But that was as good as I could do, was to say I felt like somehow something was missing. And I didn't even realize it. And for all these years, I went through life looking at everything from my point of view, and if it doesn't fit my point of view, then oh well, you don't make any sense, go away. And um, so this guy, he says there's three stages of empathetic maturity. And this makes a lot of sense to me. Stage one, he said, and I'm going to read this pretty much verbatim because he makes it make way more sense than I would. Stage one is the most primitive pattern and not common in adults. Persons in this stage see others as fundamentally different from themselves. The rationales for others' actions, feelings, or thoughts are not experienced as having human relevance in the sense that one's own rationales do. i got to be honest with you. I live in that stage way more than I would like to admit. And that's the stage that he claims that most people don't live in. And that's the me stage. That's the stage where it's almost like other people aren't even human. You understand what I'm talking about. Because... When other people do things that don't make sense, of course, they're not me. I wouldn't expect them to make sense. Um, that's stage one, and that's a stage you want to avoid. Uh, the stage two, he says here, uh, stage two is very interesting. Stage two holds that their uh, members of stage two hold that their rationales for behavior are valid for everyone. So stage one, fundamental difference between me and you. Stage two, we're all the same. So stage two says... So reasons for behavior and feelings are legitimate to the degree that they coincide with the person in stage two. So unlike stage one, stage two person sees others like him, so as long as they make sense out of the world the same way. Uh, Therefore, uh, positive regard for a sufferer perceived to be participating in negative behaviors is difficult for a stage two person unless the behavior is acceptable from his point of view. That's pretty much exactly what I was talking about before. This is where it gets a little sticky. An example of such behavior would be, would be AIDS as the result of sex practices not condoned by the stage two observer. And I read that and I go, I need to find a different example for when I'm preaching for that because that one just isn't working for me. And then I realize, wait a minute, it's not working for me because I'm in stage two. Um... If the stage two person believes, and I, seriously, I, I almost cut that one out. I was, ah, we can find a better example. Um, where I was going here. Uh, an example of such negative behavior, blah, 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 blah. If the stage two person believes the sufferer is responsible for their own behavior, he or she will have no empathy. If the stage two person can detect an acceptable reason why their sufferer is actually responsible, for example, illness re- uh, resulted from a blood transfusion beyond the sufferer's control, then empathy emerges. Caregivers in stage two who want to feel empathetic towards their patients often find factors to mitigate responsibility. Most of society operates at stage two. So, yeah, no, clearly, I've got some serious stage two going on, as most people probably do. Stage three is where it gets good. At stage three, mutuality occurs uh, prior to any judgment about a person's behavior. 
the perception of another person as responsible for the pro- problem no longer has the power to hinder the development of empathy. So now I can say, yes, you did that. That was unethical, immoral, stupid, and I still feel bad for you anyway. And that's a Christ-like attitude. You're not giving them a, a, you're not giving them a pass. You're not saying, it's okay, we all love you anyway. We're saying that's wrong, but that does in no way inhibits my ability to, be able to, to empathize with you, to put myself in your situation, and to understand what you're going through anyway. Uh, and that's, that was my breakthrough. That was my couple different times that I told you about. Stage three! So uh, this, this whole description was really working for me. Um, so, Bible. Empathy is a biblical directive. It's not an option. It's a commandment. Uh, we already had our main uh, verse for, uh, for tonight. Uh, we've also got um, Hebrews 13.3. Remember them that are in bounds as bounds with them, and with them, uh, and with them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. That's, that's almost a definition of, of empathy. 1 Peter 3.8 says, <clears throat> Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one to another. Love as brethren, be pitiful and uh, pitiful courteous. Now, this is specif- specifically talking about um, some of these were within church families. Some of these were talking about husband and wife, because I'm pulling them out of context. But that being said, this also applies to the general world. Uh, Leviticus 19.10 uh, and thou shalt not glean the vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape from the vineyard. Thou shalt leave uh, them for the poor and stranger. I am the Lord your God. Uh, later on in Leviticus it says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, for thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So... Um, Unfortunately, I don't have a magic formula about how to be empathetic. Um, I do firmly believe, based on my own experience and my reading of the Bible, that things like that are a gift from God. However, there are things that we can do that will help. Um, In my experience, what helps is to try to allow yourself to open up and feel other people's pain. And that can be as simple as putting yourself in the right situation. Um... Uh, if there's someone who, uh, who is hurting, it's really easy to decide you're too busy and you can't go over to their house and visit with them or whatever. And uh, <laughs> trust me, I know, because I've done it. <laughs> um, but if you put yourself there, then there's more of a chance that God's going to use you in that way. Uh, so putting yourself in that situation, opening yourself up to feel that pain, that's no fun. Nobody wants to feel it. I mean, I'm not saying that you're supposed to enjoy it. Uh, but it is a commandment, and it's something that helps you grow as a person. Um, the, other, uh, the other thing that I have is to, when that does, when that does hurt, um, hang on to it, because that pain, that's you growing. Um, just not to sound too much like a Marine here. Uh, <laughs> uh, pain is, uh, what? Oh, Marines, help me here. Pain is uh, the... the it, yeah, yes, but pain is the, uh, is, is the feeling of getting stronger. What's, Jim, help me out here. There's, there's a phrase. There's a marine phrase. You know that one? No? Okay. Well, anyway, so I know after I had these experiences, as much as it hurt to have them, 
it made me more of a whole person. I, honestly, if you're wandering around and you're in these, other, these earlier stages, you're a hollow person. You're half a person. Uh, you're two-dimensional. And that's what I mostly am, too. So I'm not just blaming you. Um, uh, <laughs> now, most importantly, though, our true example is Jesus Christ uh, and his empathy for us. Uh, and if there's a better example, I certainly don't know it. Uh, and there's more verses than I could pull out. The ones I got, though, here uh, are very clear. Uh, I think John 11.35, all, uh, uh, all little Bible studiers who are learning their first verses know Jesus wept. Extremely straightforward. Uh, Jesus wept not because Lazarus was dead. He wept because he felt compassion for Mary and the other Jews there. And he empathized with them and put himself... I mean, the reason he was down here was because he was here. So we knew that he experienced what we experienced and, and, and truly had compassion on us. Uh, John eleven thirty three. if you go just before that, says, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in spirit and was troubled. So that's true empathy. Uh, Matthew 14, 14, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick. Now, remember, in Matthew 14, 14, here's the interesting thing. That was the big crowd showed up. He healed the sick. He fed them. And he sent them on their way. These are people who probably weren't saved people. Maybe some of them got saved, but it certainly doesn't say that they all, Jesus saved them all. He, he didn't, or at least not then. Um, so this is not a directive just towards your family or your church family. This is the general public. Um, and if you don't empathize, you will never be able to really go out and spread the gospel to lost people. That's the trick to this whole thing. Because if you can't feel... If you can't put yourself in the place of the person that is lost without the gospel, it's going to be an uphill battle to ever go out and tell anybody about the Lord. Um, Psalms 35, 27. And I'm just going through all these verses that are talking about Jesus and God's uh, empathy here. Uh, Let them shout for joy. Because, again, empathy isn't just sad. It's happy, too. Let them shout for joy and be glad that uh, that favor my righteous cause. Yea, Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So that's saying God has pleasure in our prosperity. Isaiah 63, 9. In all their affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them and bare them and carried them all of the days of old. Galatians 6, 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. No, I ran across this one. I was looking for things talking about uh, God or Christ's empathy towards us. And I ran into that and so fulfilled the law of Christ. And I thought, that's strange. Law of Christ. Now, just, just so happened that Sunday the pastor was talking about this verse. But thank you. Um, but I thought, what in the world is the law of Christ? Because the Mosaic laws, you know, that, that was a burden and we couldn't, we couldn't meet those. Um, so I did some research and the law of Christ 
is empathy. It's love. It's compassion. It's what the whole New Testament is about. The law of Christ is empathy and compassion and love. So he came, he fulfilled the laws that we never could. And his laws are those of uh, empathy. Matthew 23, 4 says, and this is talking about the uh, Mosaic laws and the uh, Pharisees, for they uh, bind heavy burdens and grievous to be uh, born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves uh, will not move them with one of their fingers. So that's an example of the Mosaic laws, not uh, Christ's laws. I think the single best verse that I found showing God's empathy is Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love towards us, towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that is the perfect example. He knew we were sinners. He knew what we were doing was wrong. And he still had that compassion. So may the Lord bless you with the burden and joy of empathy. Uh, the pain that you go through on the negative side of this is God molding you in his shape. Thank you very much.